Good morning, guys. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're here. We continue in the series of uh, true-faced, as I call it, being a real man. And I'm kind of reminded, uh, Phil, I've heard you say before, and, and, and I'm going to ask the guys here, have, have, you, have you heard God speak to you? Maybe not in an audible voice, but how does God speak to you? Is it through a sunset, through a sunrise, through the mountains, through a stream, farm field? Sunday after church, my wife and I were at uh, Firehouse Subs, and there were a pair of grandparents there with a son and three small children. And the dad was doing some trivia or little games with his son and had him on his phone and he was asking some questions and he had one question for me. He said, so there's a ship full of people, but not a single one on there. How could that be? Anybody? They're all married. They're all married. Not a single one on there. They were all married. So then he went a little bit deeper and he said, so what happens when it gets darker and darker? The little boy was confused. He wasn't sure. And dad said, it gets harder to see. Isn't that kind of where we are? Isn't that what this series is about? If you haven't been to deer camp, I think we've got a picture. Jeff? Wow. Wow. Dreams do come true. Joe. Dreams do come true. I'm almost speechless looking at that. Cool. Guys, we've got deer camp coming up in the fall. Registration's open now. You can go online and register for deer camp. Uh, three or four this fall. Um, please go online and, and do that. <clears throat> so I'm a deer camp alumni. If you've been to deer camp, you may find yourself like me post-COVID in isolation. Isolation was not good for me during COVID. I did not slow down. Our business actually picked up for some reason. And we changed our office schedules. And a lot of days, I was the only one in the office. And isolation is not good for men. Certainly not good for me. Reconnected with deer camp in the spring and the community of guys and walking free uh, community on Monday nights and meetings there. And looking forward to uh, the trip this summer to South Dakota with a, another group of guys. If you're hiding behind the mask, you're in the darkness. I wish the dad had gone a step further with his young sons. The piece where I heard God speaking to me. The darker it gets, the harder it is to see. And had the dad just taken one moment and said, but Christ, God the Father is the light. That's how we see. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. Lord, I thank you for the men that are here. I thank you for Phil and for our leadership team. God, without your work and your son's work on the cross, we would be lost. You provided a way for us to be reconnected to you. 
May we exercise that. May we claim what you have so freely given to us. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Morning, gentlemen. Before uh, we get started formally and and um, offer you a song, um, one of the things that I that I love doing uh, um, through the years is is just uh, sharing resources uh, uh, um, that will help you in in your growth. And um, one of the resources that I mentioned several years ago that I stumbled onto. Uh, is a podcast, uh, national podcast called Our American Stories. And I started listening to it, and it's just great stories um, that are uh, uh, kind of like Reader's Digest. My mother used to uh, uh, subscribe to Reader's Digest and, and um, just all kinds of stories uh, of history and uh, uh, lots of uh, Christian-based um, inspirational stories. And as I was listening to it, and um, Lee Habib was the host, he said, uh, and here we are um, in our little town of Oxford, Mississippi, coming to you from Oxford. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm listening to this, and these guys are in Oxford, Mississippi. So I, ne- I cut that thing off, and I never listened to it again. No, no, no. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, and so I, I have really uh, loved loved um these uh this podcast and 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 i want it to be a resource well lo and behold our dear dear friend roan and eva hunter uh were asked to share their story uh, on our american stories so Roan, come up and, and share with the guys how that came to be thanks bro um you know, I think most of you know, even I wrote a book and <clears throat> the book is a bestseller. And uh, because of that uh, platform, uh, we have been on uh, a lot of different podcasts. And then uh, we got asked to be on this one. Um, and it was through a connection, some friends of ours in Oxford, their daughter actually works for and is one of the producers of Our American Stories. And um I mean, it's just amazing how God has uh, kind of weaved and worked uh, in this process of just our broken story. I mean, that, that's all it is. I mean, it's, it's just our brokenness, uh, even I both, and then how God has used that as we've been sharing that story for 32 years. And I say all the time that that so much of this kind of stuff and other things that are happening, um, it is just surreal. It's like, I mean, I'm from Macon, Mississippi, right? (laughs) What the, what in the world? I'm like where we are today and, and kind of the platform that God has given us and the doors that he's opened. I just, am amazed um it is surreal um our american stories uh is like yeah uh, it's a storytelling radio show and podcast featuring stories that represent the best of america 
history, sports, music, free enterprise, charity, faith, family, and more. It can be heard five days a week, two hours a night on over 220 affiliates across the country. I couldn't have dreamed that. Uh, we talked about imagination at deer camp and I mean, that I, I couldn't have made this up. I mean, it would be a fiction story if I'd written this, you know, 25 years ago. And, um, and it's all good and it's good stuff. Um, however, um, I would simply ask you guys to pray uh, for us. I mean, I covet your prayers. We need your prayers. Uh, even I've been on the front lines of the chaos uh, around sex and sexuality uh, for, I mean, over 30 years. You know, we did it forever in our churches that we were involved in and spoken in a lot of different settings. Even before we started doing this, uh, we were in ministry. Uh, now just get paid to do it, which is, again, that's surreal. Um, but we really are on the front lines of the battle that is raging in our world today. I mean, the abortion debate that's... <laughs> that's just reared its head again. I mean, that's, that's not about reproductive rights or health care. That is about sexual rights. You've, you've got to understand that, I mean, guys, on the horizon, I mean, it's coming. We have an enemy, the drumbeat of the enemy has been beating, it was unleashed in the 60s with the advent of pornography and where we are today. I mean, it's the destruction of the family. All this craziness, so much of it, when you boil it down, it comes back to our sexuality. And I mean, we're, we're on the front lines of hell I always say, uh, what we do is like the old John Wayne movie, Hellfighter, about Red Adair, when they would go into the oil wells on fire and put those damn fires out. I mean, that's where we are. That's, I mean, I, I'm like, God's just called us and we've been doing it. Because we see marriages not only survive some hard stuff, but actually thrive. Mm -hmm. The possibility of becoming the marriage that God intended. And we're working with generational change. Because when a marriage gets right and a husband and wife actually like each other and love each other, the children have an anchor. They have a foundation. And the enemy hates it. I would just certainly cover your prayers. Um, I mean, we, we feel the oppression. It's very real. And guys, we need to be looking at the horizon and see the storm that's coming. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And our faith is going to be tested 
And we better get anchored in the truth and the reality of Jesus. And we better get clear-headed and we better be ready to hold the line, to stand firm in our faith and act like men because it's real. And we need to wake up. So I would just say thank you and thank you for your prayer. Thank you, bro. Let me pray for you right now. Uh, guys, I would just say this um, as we pray is that um, I love my brother um, and I, I don't know anybody and uh, uh, Ron and Eva that have used their broken story in a redemptive way. Um, scripture says very clearly when Paul cried out to remove the, his own brokenness, God said, no, not going to do that because it's <laughs> in your weakness that my power is perfected. And I've seen that uh, in Ron and Eva um, um, like nobody else. Let's pray. Hmm. Father, I thank you, uh, Lord Jesus, for how you are a, a mighty warrior. Um, the Lord is his name. Lord, thank you that you are a fighter, that you fight for us, not with us. Thank you for how you fought uh, for Ron and Eva to redeem uh, them and bring them through the brokenness that they have come through and that they now offer as a living and holy sacrifice their story and their life to you every day. Protect them from the enemy and as they sit um, with people who are broken uh, and the enemy uh, uh, growls and in the background is roaring to devour uh, the people that they sit with. May you use them as an instrument of your healing and holiness and um, warrior. So Father, protect them and keep them. Thank you for bringing them to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Love you. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So I have a song for you this morning. Um, uh, when we started this series uh, several weeks ago, and I, you know, had, had um, determined that we would use "Amazing Grace" as the song uh, each week, and I would just we would play the same song, but I'd offer it to you in a different venue. Um, I'm laying in bed and. Uh, um, Turn the TV on in the bedroom and American talent comes on. Now, I'm a little bit of a shame to say this, but I watch American uh, talent. It's kind of like watching a pageant, you know, uh, with my with my wife. So, you know, I've, I've, I've been infected. I don't have COVID, but I have pageantitis. You know, it's it's deadly. It, it can be deadly. I've seen it kill some people. Um, and so I'm watching American talent and they have this segment to, to where, um, they have this, uh, during the commercials, uh, when they're filming the live show, they'll let different people, they'll just walk around the audience and they'll give the microphone and they'll let people in the, in the, um, uh, audience, uh, sing. Well, they put this microphone in front of this, a little 11 year old girl and she starts singing and it's just like it kind of brings the house down now uh they were really playing a, a trick on simon because she was already ready to audition but simon is 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 uh listening to this and he's thinking oh my goodness this gal's incredible 
And so they decide, uh, Simon decides um, that we'll let her audition. We'll let her audition. And they'd kind of had this plan. So I want to introduce you um, to American Talent. First of all, you, those of you who have never seen American Talent. And I want to uh, introduce you to Maddie Taylor. Watch this. <clears throat> How old are you? 11 years old. Amazing. And your name is? Madison Taylor Baez. And where are you from? Yorba Linda, California. Is this the first time you've been at a taping? No, I've been to many tapings, and ever since I was four years old, I would always try and sing for the commercial breaks, and it's always been my dream to be on the show. And I'm finally here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kind of freaking out right now. Aw, that's so cute! Look at her, yes! ever done this this has never actually happened before do you sing at school i sing for some of the school events but everybody's going to know your name now young lady your life has just changed what would you do with a million dollars um i would help my dad with uh cancer research um he had stage four colon cancer for the past nine years so I would help him with that. Oh. I think I know which way this is going to go. We're just going to vote. And go on with it. Howie.
And what's your dad's name? Chris. How are you feeling, Chris? Doing good, doing good. I just want, you know, I've been battling cancer for the last nine years, and that's how she learned to sing. She would sing to me at the hospital throughout my, all my surgeries, while my chemo treatment, singing to me and, and helping me get better, and I'm doing very well. Amazing. And now you're standing there with your wonderful dad, and you are a little star. to a bunch of shows and I've always planned on auditioning. Now I'm here and to get the golden buzzer is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> get a little taste of pageant world with that guy. Mm. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. Words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Gentlemen, let's dig in. Free to be a man, take the mask off and ride the open road of grace. Follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph. Many men try to hide and pretend they are not broken. But this only leads to more hiding, pretending, and despair, and nothing ever changes we fear that god is almost never pleased this study will lead us into the light between two different underlying motives our determination to please god or to trust him one results in a striving that never feels it has done enough to please him then the other results in a trust that experiences this full pleasure our motives as Jesus followers will either keep us enslaved in our hiding or free us into God's adventure for our lives. Let's discover the open road of grace together right on. So guys, I want you to draw this diagram as we start out, and then I've got some questions for you. So pick up your pen, listen with your pen. It's the best way to listen. So... Um, what we're looking at today is this journey of motives, determine values, and our values determine actions. So I would liken it to this. Why do you do what you do? And that will determine the what that you value. Why do you do what you do will determine what you value and then how you live your life. Motives determine values and values determine actions. Why do you do what you do will set up what you're about. What are you about? And then how you live your life. And so the paradigm that we're looking at is either relating to God, you're either in a paradigm of pleasing God or trusting God. Now I will say this, um, just, just to be clear, 
it's not like we don't want to please God. I, I, I mean, I, um, I don't want to suggest that pleasing God is wrong. It's the idea that the only way that you can please God, however, is by trusting God. So the way you please God is, is by trusting him. If you just isolate pleasing God and take the trust out of it, then what happens that makes this side of the ledger uh, uh, impossible is that you are on performance over here. And you will never get where you're going. You'll never get there. You're on performance. You are trying to do in order to be accepted. And what makes this so positive side of the ledger is that this is the room of grace. And when you're in the room of grace, it's like I am accepted. And so I can, I can rest. And then I go about doing out of a sense of acceptance, not a, as a sense of trying to gain approval. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? You know, that, I mean, that just wears you out. And the reason that I hear in my counseling office, that Ron hears in his counseling office, um, so often, quote, I'm just tired. I'm tired. Now that's code for I'm depressed. I'm burnt out. I've been living on performance. Um, I've been trying um, to make myself approved by my family or God all my life. And it's just like, dude, the reason you're tired and there's a mountain of um, story under that mountain um, is because you've been working out of the wrong paradigm. This is exhausting. And I see so many... Um, men that call themselves Christians and, and good churchgoers living on this side of the paradigm, and that's why they burn out. Lauren Lillistrand gave a message in 1976 in San Bernardino, California, in an amphitheater when I was coming on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, I was full of them and vinegar. Um, I barely knew the books of the Bible uh, uh, at that point. Uh, in terms of where I was in my journey uh, uh, with God. And I remember Lauren Lillistrand speaking to, um, there was about 700 new staff applicants for Campus Crusade in that little amphitheater. And he said this, he said, guys, as you uh, start this journey, you're gonna find that as the years go by, that many of you will not make it. Many, many of you, will wind up in the ditch of your desire to serve God and walk with God. And I thought that was like, in my idealism, I just thought that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. I mean, who stands up before 700 new recruits and says, most of you aren't going to make it. It's like, what? Well, I've been doing this now for a long time. And by God's grace, I'm still here. And many of my friends that were in that amphitheater, I've watched them fall by the wayside. And I would, I would suggest to you that the reason that they have, one of the big reasons they've fallen by the wayside is they tried to do this God thing on this side of the ledger and it won't work. 
for it is the righteous man who walks by faith. Trusting God makes it all work. Performing for God, it's like trying to run a, cul uh, a um, marathon in a cul-de-sac. You'll eventually hit a house. It won't work. So pick up your pen and let's go to, or, or squeeze your pen a little tighter. How about that? And uh, I've got three questions that I want you to respond to. I want you to ask yourself this question. What is your motive uh, related to God in being here today? Why did, why did you come to Men's Roundtable today? Write it down. Why did you come? I'll shut up. Kind of. What you write. Why did you come today? I'm glad you're here. I think Joe says that every once in a while. <clears throat> Why did you come? It's a good question to ask yourself on Sunday morning uh, when you're in church, and I hope you're in church. Why did I, why did I come to church today? Why? <laughs> so here's, here's what I would suggest to you. What, what I hope you wrote um, is that you wrote something about connection. I came because I want to be connected. I want to be connected to God. I want to be connected to other men. Um, I don't want to be isolated. Um, I need uh, to be shoulder to shoulder uh, with other men. I need to see God in the eyes of other men that help me know um, that there really is a God. It's about connection. What I hope you didn't write um, is something about approval, that you're here today so God will approve of you. You know, God's kind of keeping score and you thought you would, you know, earn a few points today. This is not a pageant. It's not earning points. Nothing about earning points. I'm not, I'm not here to be approved. Uh, I'm here because I am approved and I want more. I want more. Question number two. So how have your values related to God been influenced by attending men's roundtable? How, how it, is your beliefs and what you believe changed through the years? Write that down. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> What I, what I hope that you're writing is something about relationship. That as I've been t attending men's roundtable and I've gone to deer camp and I'm part of this men's community, I'm understanding more of a relational paradigm of life. And my value on relationship has just increasingly gone up. I need my team. And many of you guys, I know your stories. Many of you guys live a very different life related to team. 
um, and being connected to other men in this room. What I hope that you didn't write is something about performance, that my value is, once again, that God would approve of me because I'm at men's round table. Well, no. Uh, it's, it's not going to work that way. You're not going to gain approval because you're at men's round table. Only way to be approved is to be in relationship with Jesus and other men. So here's the third question. What actions of obedience to God have you taken since attending men's round table? What, what actions? So, so how are you living? I mean, I would certainly hope that those of you that have been attending for a while, I mean, we're coming up on year 14 in August. Been doing this for 14 years. Some of you guys are getting old, you know? <laughs> Just saying. <clears throat> um, so here's, here's what I hope that you would write. Well, let me give you just uh, a minute to write something down. What would you write? What actions of obedience to God have you taken? What does your life look like? <clears throat> if I saw the actions of your life, what are you doing different? Here's, here's what I hope that you've written. Something like this. I've got my journal with me. Joe's sitting up here, still sitting up here. They got their journal open. I journal. I didn't use to journal. Uh, you know, only people that journal was those that watched Oprah. I don't watch Oprah. You know, but I now journal. I, I bring my journal to church. I bring my journal uh, to men's round table. I journal. I'm... I'm, I'm involved in uh, healing relationships, that I'm involved in my own growth, uh, being connected to other men, and I care about other men. I'm taking responsibility uh, to care for other men. There's guys that I call. There's guys that call me. My, my life looks different actions. I serve now out of gratitude rather than serve out of should. Well, I, you know, I should. I, I should be an usher at church because they asked me. And, you know, I guess that's what you do when you go to church. You know, you, you're an usher or, you know, something. You get involved on a committee. No. No. I serve out of gratitude. So my motives are different. My values are different. My actions are different. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. And I'll just read it off the screen as, as Jeff has it. I want to be free. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Gentlemen, this is slavery. Slavery. Um, being on performance, uh, being approved of, uh, being accepted is freedom, is freedom. Now, as we begin this morning, I want to show you um, another clip from uh, the movie Amazing Grace. 
And this is a little bit out of sequence from what I showed you last week, because what I showed you last week uh, was an encounter that William Wilberforce uh, had with John Newton, the old slave trader turned pastor who wrote Amazing Grace. And the clip I showed you last week was later on um, in uh, Wilberforce's um, uh, journey um, to really battle slavery in England. This is a clip early on. And William Wilberforce has just found Christ. He's just entered into this side of the paradigm. And his life is changing. And, you know, he was a 28-year-old, elected to Parliament at 28 years old, um, came to Christ uh, shortly thereafter. And so his direction in life as a politician took a very different turn rather than kind of being what oftentimes is just a self-absorbed, egocentric politician that can be the case in so many cases. All of a sudden, he is now submitted to the king of the universe. He works for Jesus. And he's encountered slavery. And as Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9 tells us, that we are saved by grace for good works. William Wilberforce takes this very serious. He's not uh, having to work with should and ought, but he's working with a broken heart and a heart of compassion. Watch this. And I was. The other reason I came. You told me that you live in the company of 20,000 ghosts, the ghosts of slaves. I was explaining to a child why a grown man cowers in a dark corner. I need you to tell me about them. I'm not strong enough to hear my own confession. I thought time might have changed you. It has. I'm older. Pitt has asked me to take them on. The slavers. I'm the last person you should come to for advice. I can't even say the name of any of my ships without being back on board them in my head. All I know is 20,000 slaves live with me in this little church. There's still blood on my hands. Will you help me, John? I can't help you. But do it, Wilma. Do it. Take them on. Blow their dirty, filthy ships out of the water. The planters. Sugar barons. Hold them in sugar cane. The Lord Mayor of London. Liverpool. Boston. Bristol. New York. All their streets running with blood. Dysentery. Puke. You won't come away from those streets clean, Wilbur. You'll get filthy with it. You'll dream it. See it in broad daylight. But do it. For God's sake.
Do it. Do it. Guys, William Wilberforce worked for 40 years to see slavery eradicated from England. He would have never lasted if he would have worked on this side of the, of the equation. He'd have given up um, many, many times, many times. He was met with disappointment, 40 years. It was on his um, deathbed um, that he finally found out that slavery was, uh, was um, uh, eradicated and the process that he had worked for was a success and he died like the next day. The only way you last is to know that you're approved and you work out of the room of grace. That's the gospel, gentlemen. It is the gospel. It's the only way it works. Now, <clears throat> you to turn over, if you would, to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, this passage is, is one of the primary reasons that I use the Message Bible. Um, I have said for years, um, I want you to always uh, read the Message in one hand and your study Bible in the other. Um, because the Message is Eugene Peterson's interpretation, it's a paraphrase. But the reason that Eugene Peterson wrote the message was because he was teaching through the book of Galatians to his church members and they weren't getting it. They weren't getting it. It was just, it was kind of Bible speak and he wanted to put it in newspaper English. And so Galatians was the first book that he translated. And I would suggest to you that it's this passage in many ways that motivates me to continue to use the message while always encouraging you and myself to have your study Bible, for sure. Galatians chapter 3. Listen to this. You crazy Mississippians. You crazy guys at men's round table. You crazy Galatians. Did someone put a spell on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy has happened, for it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. Let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or, or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? Is it not yet a total loss? But it certainly will be if you keep this up. Wow. Wow. In your study Bible, it basically says, having begun by faith, 
I trusted Jesus. Are you now going to be tri uh, uh, perfected by works? Wow. This is why so many in that little amphitheater in Southern California are no longer walking with Jesus. It's why guys fall by the wayside. It's why they give up. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 3. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck. Carve their initials on your heart. Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes, in the eyes of the people. And then listen to this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice, just like what Joe was saying earlier. In everything you do, everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. Listen to God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. I don't know how this is going to work out, but God, I'm going to trust you. God, this is what I want, but I'm going to yield to your sovereign care over my life. Thank you, God, for the hard time that I'm going through. I don't like it, but I want you to have your way. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I want you to look here. This idea of motive. Pleasing God and trusting God represent the ultimate motives of our heart. And I want to suggest to you um, that this has great fruit to it. And this will end in destruction. Sin management is what we get into over here. I just need to manage my sin. I need to manage other people's sin. I need to not sin. I need to not sin. I need to not think of red-faced monkeys. Don't think of red-faced monkeys. Don't think of red-faced monkeys. Don't anybody in this room think of red-faced monkeys. Stop thinking of red-faced monkeys. Yeah. You know, it don't work. It's called sin management. And I'm miserable when I strive to work that way. I'm miserable. I'm enslaved. But freedom comes if my motive is trusting God, then my value will be living out of who God says I am and my action will be standing with God with my sin in front of us working on together. Guys, this is what we do our best to create at um, our men's coaching weekend. It is such a beautiful sight that we create a room, if you will, of grace. We, we create a 21-acre little haven of grace. And it is so cool. Uh, on a Friday afternoon, guys show up, and they don't know each other. And, you know, they're like dogs looking for a fire hydrant, you know, just marking their spot, marking their spot, shuffling, and, you know, talking about old Miss football and you know, deer hunting, and guys can't figure out why you call it deer camp, and nobody has a rifle. It's like, what's up with that? 
And I'm telling you guys, it is holy ground when we get to Sunday. And what you've got is, is, a, is a whole team of men, 30 men, 40 men, 50 men, who care about each other. And they've, they've had the greatest weekend of their life uh, because they've met Jesus in a non-performance, grace-filled way. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. Come and eat. This idea we are uh, of, of living out of the room, our performance, is self-deception. Self-deception. Many people say that they've taken the path of trusting God, but have ended up in this room of performance or the room of good intentions, and this is called the great disconnect. In Revelation chapter 3, um, God says, I never knew you. In fact, I'm actually wanting to vomit. The, the actual Greek word there says, uh, when God calls them lukewarm, he says, I want to puke. I want to vomit. And Eugene Peterson translates it that way. I, I just want to vomit. Because if you are trying to uh, uh, relate to me out of this, it's like, I don't need your performance. Gentlemen, the way we live our Christian life is to start every day with declaring who I am in Jesus. It's not about who I'm becoming so much as beginning to realize who I am. I am. I am a child of God. I am a son of the living God. I am a warrior. I am a beloved. I am chosen. I didn't choose God. He chose me. Guys, this is the experience of freedom. This is the experience of hell on earth. Some, guy, some people call this the Christian life. These guys scare me to death. They're just another form of Pharisees. Nobody wants that. But guys, I've never met a man who tasted and drank from this that didn't want more of it. Never. We've had, you know, through the years, a couple of guys leave even deer camp prematurely. I think it's because they came with this paradigm and they didn't see this paradigm and this one scared them to death. But guys who have come, like you in this room, and they've drank um, from the fountain of freedom, I want more of that. I want more of that. Guys, pleasing God is a wonderful motive. But the only way you can please God is to trust God. If pleasing is your primary motivation, you'll never make it. Trust God. Be a free man. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the joy in my heart, for the joy in my brother's heart, for the freedom, for the energy, for the enthusiasm, for the passion, for the willingness to continue to serve you and fight for others that you give us in your power. And Lord, forgive us when we get discouraged and all uh, been out of shape because we're trying to do it in our own power.
help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.